0: we solo captains, and welcome back, to rank amateur. Today in rank amateur, we will be doing the tech tree uh, tier seven Japanese battleship Nagato or Nagato, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, I realize this is a bit out of order because uh, last time I had a podcast, we did uh, the Amagi, but the Amagi had a little bit less history than the Nagato. Actually, a lot bit less history than the Nagato because the Nagato is the or one of the only Japanese battleships to survive the war. Versus the Amagi wasn't even really built. Um, so. Uh, that is, and since I was crunched for Time, I figured I'd just do the Amagi first so that we could uh, spend a bit more time going through the illustrious career of the Imperial Japanese Navy's battleship Nagato. But as always, first we'll be going through World of Warships news, and we're going to be kind of, uh, uh, I guess, glancing over this... Um, because there, there really isn't too much uh, going on since my last episode. Even though it's been a, literally a month, I apologize for that. It's just been really, uh, really busy for uh, the past few weeks here, uh, in, in my life. So we've, um, we're, we're getting episodes out as, uh, as often as we can feasibly. Uh, so a few notable things from the news. Um, we got the Alliance HMS Alliance, the Tier 8 premium submarine. Uh, it looks it looks pretty cool. Uh, it basically looks just like a modern submarine because it is one of the uh well, it was one of the uh post war uh British submarines, so it has no deck gun or anything like that, just torpedoes. It is a diesel electric submarine. Uh it does also have a weird radar dome on the front, which is kind of interesting. I believe it was one of the first submarines to actually have like a full surface search radar. Um so yeah, that is interesting. Um, and then uh yeah, Brisbane is now out for uh you can do a special event for that. Um, it, it, it's a pirate event. If you go into the armory, armory, it'll explain it all to you. Basically, you just kind of complete things, earn tokens, and you can earn a certain amount of tokens, but you'll still have to spend money to buy the ship, even if you earn all the tokens, or you could just outright buy the ship, I believe. Um, they also have this... Uh, I didn't realize they had this, but there was a contest that they had where you could, you could um, uh, buy... Um, or you could not buy, but there was a contest where you could submit something. What is it? It doesn't even say. But basically, they had a printer, a 3D printer that was up for grabs. Uh, Printables 3D printer. Uh, and it, this came with two rolls of uh, filament to print uh, US, a model of USS St. Louis. And then the second place got um, uh, an actual printed model of the USS St. Louis. I didn't realize that World of Warships actually released like their game model, it looks like. Or... Uh, something very very similar to it for you to actually 3d print like even if you didn't win the competition you could still go to printables.com and find the USS St. Louis uh it takes two kilograms of filament so two full rolls of filament to print it is a massive model I believe it's like one to 350 scale so it's big um and you could just print it like there's instructions or anything there's literally like 100 parts to it so I mean it's gonna take a while and um yeah, so you can, you can just print it. It comes with a stand and everything. So I think that's what I'll uh, be doing in the next few weeks here, or, or buy a few rolls of filament for my 3D printer, which is a uh, Creality Ender. Uh, 3v2 uh, Which is an excellent printer by the way I can't really say enough good things about it and have had no problems whatsoever with it highly recommended if you're like getting into the entry Levels of 3d printing um, But yeah, you can just print it. I've seen some people uh, actually like paint it and everything like that like a normal model uh, it, it looks fairly good. The only problem that I've had in the past I do uh, scale modeling as a side hobby as well Um, The only problem I've had in the past is that PLA is kind of notoriously hard to work with in terms of modeling. Uh, It does get kind of weak at the smaller sizes, so it can hold itself, but you can't. um, Painting it sometimes causes issues, especially if you use brushes and not an airbrush. Um, Also, paint doesn't typically stick that well to PLA, so you do have to prime it, and uh, you do have to prime it a lot to get uh, the paint to stick to it, uh, which sometimes can cause you to lose some detail. Uh, if you don't do it correctly. So it can be a bit challenging, so I think uh, if I were to print it, I'd probably just leave it as a single color, uh, just because I, quite frankly, can't be bothered with the effort to actually paint that. I'd rather just get a, a styrene model of the U.S. of St. Louis or something like that and paint it that way, but I guess uh, you do you. And also and I have uh, some other models that I'm working on as well. Anyways, that... Um and also, there's a new auction. Uh, it's a complete scam. Don't do it. The only things they're auctioning off that are worth it, actually, the thing that they're auctioning off that's worth it is the 110,000 coal. Uh, if you want to spend 100 million credits on 110,000 coal, I guess go for it. I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, you'll get 110,000 coal right now, but it is very, very expensive for that. Uh, the rest of the things you can get Haida, the Joshua Humphreys, and the Kunming. Uh, with a port slot and an 11-point commander. Uh, in the case of the Haida, it's a 10-point com- uh, commander. Uh, Haida was for 7,000 doubloons, I think? No, it's tier 7, so yeah, 7,000 doubloons, around there. Um, when it was originally, like, able to be purchased, obviously, it's no longer available, so... Uh, I think the minimum bid is, like, 75 million credits or something like that, like, it's insane. Um, Let me see the screenshots that they've posted here. Oh, no, shoot, they're doing it for doubloons now. The minimum bid, the minimum bid for Haida, or Haida, Haida, however you pronounce it, Tribal Class Destroyer, is 15,000 doubloons. 15,000 doubloons. This thing is a tier 7 destroyer, guys. Don't lose sight of that. This is a tier 7 destroyer. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Haida's good. I don't think it's that good though, especially since it's Commonwealth and its commanders can't be used to train any other nations. Like if you just, if you wanted to Haida, just go get Cossack. It's tier 8. It could train all your British commanders, and it's amazing. Like, Come on, and it has an additional gun turret over the Haida. Yeah, it doesn't get the crawling smoke, but it gets the short burst smoke. And the Kuang Ming and Joshua Humphreys have a minimum bit of a hundred million credits. A hundred million. You can literally buy them for like 50 million credits if you just wait a few weeks. Like, people, don't waste your money on this. It's cool, don't get me wrong, that they can auction stuff off like this. That's a new thing. That, I like it. But, like, give us something good. Come on. I mean, and at least the people who place a bid and don't win get their stuff returned. And if um, of the 750 people who's going to win Haida, if you place a, a bid of literally, uh, let's say, 100,000 doubloons. And you, uh, in the minimum winning bid, so that 750th player that wins, uh, placed a bid of... 30,000 doubloons. Like, you will get that 70,000 doubloons back credited to your account. However, that 70,000 doubloons is still in the game. You're still out that however much 70,000 doubloons costs. So, uh, yeah. This auction is definitely for the people who have deep pockets. If you don't, I wouldn't even really pay attention to the auction, if I'm being honest. Um, they're also reintroducing the I-56 and S-189, uh, the Soviet and, or the Japanese and Soviet, respectively, subs, along with the destroyer Vilios. uh, they're going back into the armory, you can purchase Vilios for your typical, uh, 19,300 doubloons, it's standard, I don't think Vilios is really much special, it's kind of a, just a European, uh, Fletcher, but, you know, uh, whatever floats your boat, I suppose, it is the first Greek ship into the game, so, uh, that may, uh serve some importance for some people but uh yeah and then i s-189 i-56 uh they're just subs that's yeah that's pretty much all i have to say i s-189 is one of those post-war subs uh, so it is a little bit more technologically advanced than uh, its predecessors. No deck gun or anything like that. Uh, I-56 is not that. It does have a deck, uh, deck gun as well. It's 140 millimeters. I don't think you can control it. Or maybe you can. Uh, I don't really pay attention to summaries. don't really care about them. Uh, the only interesting thing that I find is that uh, it's I-56, which is interesting because it is the same class as I-58, and I-58 is an important submarine because it sank the USS Indianapolis, which, you know, is one of the most infamous sinkings of the war, and one of the, I believe, the last loss of a capital ship for the U.S. Navy of World War II. I-56, however, had a relatively unremarkable career, at least from my could tell, maybe I'm looking at the wrong sources, but... um, I just, I don't understand that choice. I mean, they're literally the same class, so all you had to change was, like, some lettering and maybe some equipment and, and uh, periscopes and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, anyways, uh, on to the history section of this episode. Alright, so the Nagato, uh, definitely, like, as I alluded to before, has a, uh, very illustrious career, so we will get right into the, uh, I guess the naming convention for the Nagato, it's named after the Nagato province of Japan. Uh, They named their battleships after provinces, primarily uh, similar to the uh, United States naming convention that they named their battleships after their states, which are, I believe, to be the equivalent of of, uh, Japanese provinces. Um, Well, yeah, at least the states and provinces should be equivalent in terms of governmental authority in Japan. Uh, She was laid down on the 28th of August 1917, launched on the 9th of November 1919, and completed on the 15th of November 1920, and commissioned on the 25th of November 1920. Um, So she was a uh, lead lead ship in her class of Nagato-class battleships, Um, She weighed in at 32,720 long tons, 32,200 long tons, standard. Uh, She had a length of 215.8 meters, or 708 feet. She had a beam of 95 feet 3 inches, or uh, 29.02 meters. So that's actually fairly narrow for a battleship. Usually it's over 100, so uh, it just kind of goes into the Japanese design, trying to make them as sleek and as long as possible to maintain straight line speed. Uh, The draft was 9 meters or 29 feet 9 inches which is pretty average. The installed power consists of 21 water tube boilers producing 80,000 shaft horsepower. Uh, this is as built, by the way, uh, which is a little bit, uh, underpowered, we'll say, but for the time, it was pretty decent, considering I think American Battleships were going around 30,000 shaft horsepower, which was really low. Uh, she can make 26.5 knots, which was pretty fast for the time. She had a range of 5,500 nautical miles at 16 knots, a complement of 1,333 sailors, um, she had an armament of four uh, twin-mounted four hundred and ten millimeter guns. This is around sixteen inches, it's just a little bit over. She had twenty single 140mm guns, or 5.5 inches, 4 single 76mm guns, and 5 five or 8 533mm torpedo tubes, which I believe were actually mounted on mounts that could be trained on a site, so it wasn't just like those stupid submerged and fixed torpedoes. Uh, she had a waterline belt of 100, to 100, or 305 millimeters of armor. I would say the inches, but I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast actually cares about that. Uh, she has uh, 69 millimeters of deck armor uh, in some spots and 75 millimeters over critical spots. She has gun turrets that are arm, uh, armored with 190 to 100, 356 millimeters of armor. She has barbettes that um, are—they have 305 millimeters of armor and uh, the conning tower is 369 millimeters of armor. Uh, in 1944, however, she was heavily modified uh, as compared to her previous self, and so her displacement was up to 39,130 tons or 38,510 long tons uh, standard. She still had her, uh, she had similar dimensions, but they were a bit expanded. Uh, but not too terribly. Uh, she had a length of 224 meters versus the 215 meters, so that's about 738 feet versus the 708 feet previously. Uh, she had 34.6 meters uh, wide or she was uh, had a beam of 34.6 meters, uh, which is 113 feet 6 inches. Uh, she had a draft of 9.49 meters, which is about two feet deeper than uh, before at 31 feet. 2 inches versus 29 feet 9 inches, so a little under 2 feet. Uh, She had 80,000 shaft horsepower, as in before, 10 water tube boilers. Uh, So a little bit more efficient because 10 boilers are producing as much as the 21 boilers from before. She had an expanded range of uh, 8,650 nautical miles at 16 knots. Uh, Her speed was reduced to just 25 knots. The complement was increased to 1,734. She had one Type 21 air search radar, two Type 13 early warning radars, and two Type 22 uh, surface search radars. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, radars, at least the Japanese radar, uh, was not 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 exactly uh, up to scratch as far as when compared to uh, Allied radars. But that to take that with a grain of salt. That's just what I've heard. Uh, her main armament is the same. Uh, however, her 140. Semi- 140 centimeters, or no, 140 millimeters, 14 centimeters, uh, guns, there's 18 of them versus the 20, uh, she still has those, uh, four, well, actually, the four single 76s have turned into four, uh, twin 127s, and now she has 98, one, or 25 millimeter AA guns, a type 96, 25 millimeter cannon, uh, which the Japanese thought were, uh, they were, they were their staple anti-aircraft uh, gun, however, they were not really that effective. Uh, it was a variant of the French, hot, French Hotchkiss 25mm gun. Uh, yeah, not as effective as the Allied Bofers or Orlikans. Uh, she had 69mm of armor plus an enhanced 100mm of deck armor. Uh, the turrets had 280-460mm to millimeters of armor, which was enhanced. The Barbettes had 457mm armor, which was also enhanced. She also carried three float planes and had one catapult. So there was certainly a lot of uh, modification that occurred to the Nagato. The life of the Nagato pre-World War II was not super interesting. The most interesting things that happened to it were the sinking of uh, obsolete battleship Sats- uh, Satsuma as part of a uh, target exercise. Uh, the two modifications she underwent in 1934 and 1941 and her landing of troops in 1936 to counter the 26th of February uh, rebellion, or coup d'etat, that was performed by disgruntled Japanese army officers. Uh, that coup failed, the government assumed more control, uh, and actually the military assumed more control of the government, uh, partially leading to the downfall of like uh, liberal politicians and things like that in uh, Japan, uh, which was one of the contributing factors to the rise of a military dictatorship in Japan, although uh, this stuff like this had been happening for a long period before uh, this uh, certain coup d'etat. This was just kind of one of the last straws in this. So uh, in the uh, opening days of the war, uh, she... The achieving Nagato was sortied with the battleships Mutsu, Hyuga, Yamashiro, Fuso, and Issei, uh, light carrier Hosho, to provide distant cover for the withdrawal of the Pearl Harbor attacking fleet returning to Kerr shortly after the attack on Pearl Harbor and the declaration of war. Uh, Yamamoto, Isoroku Yamamoto then transferred his flag to the battleship Yamato on the 12th of February 1942, and Nagato briefly went a uh, modernization after that in the battle of midway in june of 1942 uh nagato was assigned to the main body of the first fleet during the during the battle together with yamato mutsu hosho and the light cruiser sendai nine of the destroyers and four auxiliary ships However, after all four carriers of the first air fleet were lost on the 4th of June, Isoroku Yamamoto attempted to lure the American forces west within range of Japanese air groups at Wake Island, and attempted to force them into a night engagement, At which at this point the Japanese still possessed a great tactical advantage in due to their training uh, with the surface forces, but the American forces saw the trap coming, withdrew, and Nagato unfortunately, or fortunately depending on how you look at it, did not see any action. Uh, on the 14th of July, or actually on the 6th of June, survivors from the aircraft carrier Kaga were transferred to Nagato, and then on the 14th of July, the ship was transferred back to Battleship Division 2, where she became the flagship of the 1st Fleet. Uh, her, after a brief command change, uh, she remained in Japanese waters undergoing training until August 1943. In August of 1943, Nagato Yamato Fuso, the escort carrier Taiyo, uh, two heavy cruisers and five destroyers transferred from Truk to the Caroline Islands. Uh, Caroline Islands. Uh, in response to the carrier raid on Tarawa on the 18th of September 1942, Nagato and much of the fleet sorted for Eniwetok in- or Eniwe took took to search for American forces before they returned to Truk on the 20 20- or Truk on the 23rd of September. Uh, They did not manage to locate any uh, American vessels, uh, aircraft or anything of that type, uh, so there was no engagement. The Japanese did intercept, however, some American radio traffic, suggesting that there was an attack on Wake Island that was being planned. And on the 17th of October 1943, Nagato and the bulk of the First Fleet sailed for Inuitok to be in a position to intercept any such attack. However, uh the fleet arrived and spent only four days there, arriving back in truck on the twenty-sixth of October, having intercepted no such attack. This uh failure to attack from the Americans is probably an example of their distractionary radio traffic that was deliberately meant to be intercepted, uh, in order to fool Japanese intelligence. Uh clearly working here if this was their intent. And on the 1st of February 1944, Nagato departed to, with Fuso to avoid an American air raid, arriving at Pualu on the 4th of February, they, and this is in 1944. They, decide, they departed on the 16th of February to escape another air raid, uh, as remember, they had not been upgraded with the enhanced anti-aircraft armaments that there would be in 1944 uh, later off in the year. Uh, the ships arrived on the 24th of February were at uh, Liniga Island, near Singapore, and the ship became the flagship of Vice Admiral Matomi Yugaki. U- U- I, 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 I don't know how to pronounce these names. Uh, they became a flagship of a Vice Admiral, uh, and the commander of Battleship Division One on the 25th of February. And then, yeah, some boring things happened. She was transferred to for a brief refit at Singapore, and the ship uh, was transferred to Tawi-Tawi, and uh, then reassigned to the first mobile fleet, and, yeah, just a bunch of really boring political stuff happens. The only interesting thing that happens in this period is she does shoot down two TBF Grumman Avenger torpedo bombers uh, with her 410mm guns. Apparently they actually made incendiary uh, anti-aircraft shells for the 410mm guns and they were actually used to shoot down aircraft. Uh, It's an interesting choice by the Japanese but clearly it worked. I mean they shot down two aircraft with it which is a lot better than uh, most ships have for any given day's haul for shooting down planes, so that's interesting. Nagato also participated in the Battle of Leyte Gulf, which is the Japanese objective to disrupt the landings at Leyte. And so uh, their goal was essentially to present a very tasty meal of carriers to the Americans in hopes of luring them away from their actual uh, design, uh, force they were designed to protect, uh, and then allow their Japanese heavy units to come in and smash up the landings. Uh, So Nagato, on the way to this, was attacked by multiple waves of American dive bombers. She was hit by two bombs uh, through this, uh, dropped by planes from the carrier USS Franklin, USS Cabot, or Cabot, one of the two. I don't know if it's French or not. The first bomb disabled five of her gun casemates, jammed one of her Type 89 gun mounts, and damaged the air intake of the number one boiler room, immobilizing, immobilizing one propeller shaft for 24 minutes before the boiler was put back online. Damage from the second bomb was not actually recorded in records, and the bomb killed a total of 52 uh, people between them, and the number of wounded wasn't actually recorded, interestingly enough, uh, even though the Japanese are really good at record-keeping. On the morning of October 25th, 1944, the Nagato participated in one of the most legendary actions of the U.S. Navy, ever. And uh, a bit of a blunder for the Japanese Navy. So, in the Battle of Samar, Nago- Nagato en- engaged escort carriers and destroyers of Task Group 77.4.3, codenamed Taffy-3. I'm sure of you, uh, be- many of you people have heard about this before. At 0601 hours, she opened fire on three escort carriers, the first time she had ever fired her guns at an enemy ship. Remember, this is 1944, and this war has been raging for the better part of two and a half years. Or, well, three and a half years at this point. And uh, she still has not actually fired her primary batteries at anything until this point. At 0654, the destroyer USS Herman, or fired a spread of torpedoes at the fast battleship Haruna. The torpedoes missed Haruna and headed for Yamato and Nagato, which were on a parallel course. The two battleships were forced 10 miles away from the engagement before the torpedoes ran out of fuel. This is why we turn into torpedoes and not out of torpedoes. Because we will just end up basically running parallel to them. Turning back, Nagato engaged American escort carriers in their screening ships, claiming to have damaged one cruiser. Uh, with 45, 410mm, and 92, 140mm shells. So it took you 45 shells to hit a cruiser. This is why uh, World of Warships isn't exactly realistic with its shell hit counts. Ineffectiveness of her shooting was a result of poor visibility between numerous rain squalls uh, in the area, and numerous smoke screens laid by the defending escorts in a desperate attempt to keep their escort carriers hidden. At oh nine ten hours, Kurita ordered his ships to break off the engagement and head north. At ten twenty hours he ordered his fleet south once more, but as they came under increasingly severe air attack, he ordered a retreat again at twelve thirty-six hours. At 12.43 hours, Nagato was hit in the bow by two bombs, but the damage was not not notated as being severe. Four gunners were washed overboard at 16.56 hours as the ship made a sharp turn to avoid a dive bomber attack. A destroyer was detached to rescue them, but they could not be found. Ah, jeez, that had to be a sharp turn. Holy mackerel. Just get swept overboard? That's insane. I'd actually be interested to see how sharp that turn was. They'd someone actually, or Four people actually managed to get swept overboard. It must have been a wave that came over the side. Weird, or something like that. As it retreated back to Brunei on the 26th of October, the Japanese fleet came over repeated air attacks. Nagato and Yamato used uh, shinkaden shells against them. Shink. Kaden? Shikaden? I don't know, okay. Against them claimed to have shot down several bombers. Over the course of the two days of the engagement, Nagato fired 99 410mm and 653 140mm shells suffering, 38 crewmen killed, and 105 more wounded during that same time. It was a very intense battle for uh, the Nagato and the Japanese Navy in general. On the 15th of November, 1944, Nagato was assigned to Battleship Division 3 of the Second Fleet. After an aerial attack on Brunei on the 16th of November, Nagato, Yamato, and the fast battleship Kongo left the following day bound for Kure. En route, Kongo and one of the destroying, escorting destroyers were sunk by the USS Sea Lion on the 21st of November. I uh, remember I went over this in the, uh, previous, uh congo episode i think it was probably about four weeks ago on the 25th of november she arrived in yokosuko japan for repairs lack of fuel materials meant that she could not be brought into service and was turned to a floating anti-aircraft battery which is basically the death of all battleships uh, the italians would know a lot about not having a functional fleet due to fuel her funnel and mainmast were removed and improved the arcs of her aa guns which were increased by two type 89 mounts and nine triple 96 or type 96 gun mounts her forward secondary guns were removed in compensation. Captain Kiyomi Shubaya Relief Coban commanded Nagato on the 25th of November 1944. Battleship Division Three was di- disbanded on the 1st of January 1945, and the ship was reassigned to Battleship Division I, which she had been a part of for most of the war. Th- that formation was disbanded on the 10th of February, and she was reassigned to the Yokosuka Naval District as a coastal defense ship, which more accurately described her current condition. Moored alongside a pier, a coal-burning donkey boiler was installed on her pier for heating and cooking purposes, and a a converted submarine chaser was positioned to provide steam and electricity, Uh, just being a hulk of her once self. Just, yeah, like I said, floating anti-aircraft battery, not really that useful, Uh, definitely a sad reality for the Nagato. And her anti-aircraft guns lacked the full power and only partially operational, so she was only partially effective for what she was literally intended to do at this point. Uh, on the 20th of April, Nagato was resuced to Reserved, and uh, retired Rear Admiral Miki o- Otsuka assumed a command a week later. So, this is a... One of the few battleships that Japan still has left in their arsenal, and they are reducing it to reserve because they simply don't have enough resources to run it. So if that shows, if that doesn't show how desperate the situation was for Japan at this point in the war, I actually don't know what it was. They their military at this point was quite literally crumbling, uh, and they had basically no fight left. Or I shouldn't say they had no fight left in them. They just had no resources to fight with. They had plenty of fight left in them. By June of 1945, all of her secondary guns and about half of her anti-aircraft armament were moved ashore to be used in the in the army, together with her rangefinders and her searchlights. Her crew was accordingly reduced to less than a thousand officers and enlisted. Uh, And on the 18th of July, 1945, the heavily camouflaged ship was attacked by fighter-bombers and torpedo-bombers from five American carriers as part of William Halsey Jr.'s... William Bull Halsey's campaign to destroy the IGN's last surviving capital ships. Nagato was hit by two bombs, a 500-pound bomb that struck the bridge and killed Otsuka, the retired rear-admiral, who should have been living out his life in a retirement home in the hills of Mount Akina, but... uh, yeah, did uh, did not do that, um, and the the who was serving as the executive officer as I had specified before, and twelve sailors when it detonated upon hitting the roof of the conning tower. The second five hundred pound bomb struck the deck after the main mast and detonated when it hit the number three barbed. It failed, damaged the barbed or the turret above it but it did blow a hole 12 feet in diameter in, above the officer's lounge, killing 21 men and damaging four Type 96 guns on the deck above. A dud of dud rocket of an uncertain size hit the ship's fantail, but it, it uh, failed to do any significant damage due to its lack of explosive power because it was a dud. Uh, To convince Americans that Nagato had been badly damaged by attack, her damage was left unrepaired and some of her ballast tanks were pumped full of sea water to make her sit deeper in the water as if she sunk to the harbor bottom. That's kind of interesting. I didn't know the Japanese did that. So essentially to ward off attack by basically making the Americans think that they had already sunk her and not waste any more ammunition on her. Uh, thus bypassing uh, any yet further attack, they basically just made it seem as if she had been sunk when she really hadn't been. Uh, captain Suchi Sugino was uh, appointed as Nagato's new captain on the twenty-fourth of July, but was unable to take up his appointment until the twentieth of August, which was like literally days before the end of the war. Retired Rear Admiral Admiral Rear Admiral uh, Ikud Gucci, <laughs> my god, this name's like ten syllables long, was assigned to the ship as the ship's interim captain until Sugino arrived. The Yokosuka Naval District received an alarm on the night of uh, the 1st and 2nd of August that a large convoy was approaching Sugami Bay and Nagato was ordered to attack immediately. The ship was totally unprepared for any attack, but Akiguchi appeared began to necessary preparations, like, I don't know, putting the ship back together. It, it isn't a Lego set, so it would have taken them a long time. Water in the battle compartments was pumped out, and her crew began reloading propellant charges for her 410mm guns, which had been used for more than a year. The ship received more fuel from a barge later that morning, but no attack ever came, as it had been deemed a false alarm. Sailors from the battleship USS Iowa well, under Demolition Team 18, a high-speed transport uh, USS Horace A. Bass, which was um, oh, it was just uh, literally a high-speed transport, because some of these high-speed transports uh, were ex-Wicks uh, and Clemson-class destroyers, uh, secured the battleship on the 30th of August after the occupation began, and Thomas uh, J. Flynn, the executive officer Iowa, assumed command of both battleships. By the time the war ended, Nagato was the only Japanese battleship afloat. See, I was actually wrong. It wasn't one of the Japanese battleships afloat. It was the only Japanese battleship afloat. Uh, and basically her fate was she was a target in the uh, Operation Crossroads, which was the su- series of nuclear weapon tests on Bikini- at Bikini Atoll in mid-1946. So, yeah, that's um, that was pretty much it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. So she was still actually capable of uh, obtaining a speed of 10 knots and made it t- under her own power to the uh, Bikini Atoll. Her hull had not been repaired from underwater damage sustained from, the attack, sustained from the attack on the 18th of July, and she leaked it enough that her pumps could not keep up. Her consort, the light cruiser Sakawa, Broke down on the 18th of March, uh, and she was the Sakawa is an agano class light cruiser, and that's the ones that are in uh, World of Warships. And uh, Nagato attempted to take her in tow, but one of the, her boilers made a function, and The ship ran out of fuel in bad weather. Ship had a list of seven degrees, and by the time the tugboats from Inuitok arrived on the 30th of March, uh, they towed her at a speed of one knot due to the extra water aboard the battleship, and uh, it took a very long time to reach Inuitok uh which happened on the fourth of April, and she received temporary repairs. Uh she did reach a speed of a record breaking thirteen knots <laughs> not, not really record breaking, by the way, in case it wasn't clear, uh when she was uh leaving for Bikini Atoll. Uh Operation Crossroads began with the first test, test able, with that which was an airburst test. She was fifteen hundred meters from ground zero and only lightly damaged. A skeleton crew boarded Nagato to assess the damage and prepare for the next test on July, uh, the 25th of July. As a test, they operated one of her boilers for 36 hours without any problems. Yes, this thing will, literally withstood a nuclear explosion and was like, yeah, is that all you got? And literally her boiler still works, which is insane. Uh, I mean, I know battleships are obsolete and everything, but there is something to be said for just an insane amount of armor on a ship. Uh, so for Tess Baker, which was the underwater explosion, the ship was positioned only 870 meters from ground zero. Nagato rode out fr- the tsunami from the explosion with little apparent damage. She had a slight starboard list of two degrees after the tsunami dissipated. After A more thorough assessment could not be made because she was dangerously radioactive as part of this. Her list gradually increased over the next five days and she capsized and sank on the 29th of July. So, yeah. Uh, Basically, if there would have been a damage control crew of even just chimpanzees on that ship, uh, it would have been able to still float. But since there was literally nobody on it, uh, they just kind of let her sink and that was basically it. The wreck is upside down and her most prominent features are her four propellers, which are at a depth of 33.5 meters or 110 feet below the surface. Uh, she's become a scuba diving destination in the recent years and the times named Nagato as one of the top 10 wreck diving sites in the world in 2007 and that is pretty much it for the Nagato. Uh, by the way, uh, when she when I said she was 1500 meters from the ground zero uh, 1500 meters is hundred meters short of or 107 meters short of a mile. It's a mile is I believe 1,607 meters Yeah yeah 16 excuse me 1609.34 meters is a mile so she was Literally 109.34 meters short of a mile air from the explosion, which, on the grand scheme of things, is basically nothing. And on to the World of Warships section of this episode, now that we've concluded the history of Nagato. So this is going to be assuming that you've researched all the equipment that you ha- uh, that are necessary, so the uh, think of B-Hull and the uh, propulsion mod, but you have not equipped any upgrades or skills or battleships or anything like that, uh, commander skills. So... This, it's very similar to the Imagi. The Imagi is just kind of a faster, uh, more heavily armed version. But, uh, and better, because obviously it's tier 8. But the Nagato still holds its own, especially at tier 7. So, the main battery is those beautiful 410mm guns. Nagato has 8 of them. They have a range of 20.46km and a 29-second reload time. Which, as most of you will note, is 1 second shorter than most battleships. The 180-degree turn time is an abysmal 47.37 seconds. Although not as bad as the, Nag- or the um, Yamato, which I believe has a 60-second turret time uh, which is a traverse speed of 3.8 degrees per second which is not very fast Uh, the accuracy is pretty decent it's got a 2.0 Sigma which is nice to see Uh, 232 meters on 180 uh, horizontal and 186 meters vertical uh, at that max range which is pretty good I found Nagato's guns to be reasonably reliable although some points they could be a bit trolly so that was a bit frustrating but uh, in general pretty reliable not too many complaints about that the 410mm HE Type 0 shell, uh, they have a raw DPM of 107,586, which isn't great. The maximum damage is is alright at uh, 6,500, uh, 805 meters a second on that velocity, uh, at 938 kilograms the shell weight, ricochet angles of non-existing because it's high explosive, uh, depth explosion of 4 meters, 68 millimeters of HE penetration, a burn probability of uh, moderate 30%. Not super great for a battleship. Uh, I typically like to see that around 35%. Uh, Fire's permit of just 1.95. The 410 millimeter AP APC, type 91 shells. Uh, they have a DPM of 208,000. Uh, 208,000, that is, uh, which was really not bad. Uh, maximum damage of a punchy 12,600. The initial shell velocity of 806 meters a second, which is only one meter a second faster than the uh, high explosive shells. The shell weight is a staggering 1,020 kilograms. Well, I guess it's not staggering for the shell caliber, but uh, it's definitely more than we're used to uh, with the Fuso. It has ricochet angles, of your standard 45 to 60 degrees. Depth explosion of two meters. Overmatch of 28 millimeters. Yes, this does overmatch pretty much every cruiser's plating in the game, assuming it doesn't have an icebreaker or reinforced bow. Uh, arming threshold of 68 millimeters and a fuse timer of a standard, not 0.033 seconds. Uh, the aiming sectors—they're decent. I mean, they're they're pretty much just straight average. Like if you're if you're exposing all your guns, you're, you're at a risk of definitely being penetrated. Uh, there's going to be no auto-ricochet there, but, um, I mean, you're you you you're unlikely to get citadeled or, or take severe penetration damage, if even if you're just barely using those back turrets. But if you are swinging them out significantly, uh, you can expect that you'll, be, at that point, be showing a lot of broadside. So just typical cautions uh, there. The secondary armament is, um, we'll say, not great. It's those uh, Japanese 127s and 140s that have a 5-second reload and 8-second reload, respectively. I mean, they do a lot of damage. They have a pretty high fire chance um, of 10% for the 140s and 8% for the 127s, but uh, they, you know, don't have any penetration, and they only have a 5.6-kilometer range with a huge dispersion, so... Uh, yeah, there, there's that. I mean, it's not worth building in the secondaries. This ship was never intended to build into the secondaries. Uh, survivability, you got 65,000 hit points at tier 7, which isn't that bad. Uh, fire is 60 seconds, so it'll cause 11,000 damage, and flooding is 40 seconds, so that will cause 13,000 damage. Uh, it's 11,700 damage technically for the, uh, fire, but, you know, who's counting? Uh, The damage reduction for torpedoes is 25% which I would say is is right around average if not a little bit below average the concealment is a bit horrendous at 16.59 kilometers typically like to see that around uh, around 15 kilometers or a little bit less than that but you know it's usable I suppose Uh, but it is a battleship so it is going to have horrendous concealment anyways. Uh, the air spotting is going to be 10.63 kilometers. Maximum speed is uh, only 25 knots so uh, for tier seven it's good but you will be facing tier nines which are a lot faster. Full power forward is your standards uh, full power forward and backwards is your standard 60 30 second ratio uh, 1.8 horsepower per ton here and turning circle radius of a pretty snappy 770 meters, which for a battleship of this size and l- length is really not bad. And a rudder shift time of a pretty incredible 13.7 seconds stock, which is pretty insane for the ship actually. It's, it's a very maneuverable battleship, surprisingly. Uh, upgrades, you're gonna go with the main armaments mod 1, then we're gonna go with damage control system mod 1, then we're gonna go with uh, aiming systems mod 1, then we're gonna go with damage control systems modification 2 for our 4 upgrade slots. For commanders, uh, standard battleship build here, going to emergency repair uh, uh, expert, or uh, preventative maintenance. Actually, let's go with preventative maintenance. I feel like that's going to be more useful than priority target, then adrenaline rush, and then concealment expert. Actually, no, we're going to go with emergency repair expert. Just kidding. Um, And then we're going to go with basics of survivability, vigilance, uh, and grease the gears, and then you can you can throw an extra skill in there. Um, fire prevention expert's useful. Uh, concealment expert's also pretty useful, uh, but I recommend getting that a bit later. Uh, yeah, so we would probably recommend like a fire prevention expert there, uh, with the risk of catching fire being decreased by 10%, so now it's only going to be 40.1%. Uh, probability, or it's going to be a 41.1% probability reductions to just your 33.5%. So yeah, that's a pretty solid battleship build, and then uh, the mandatory flags are going to be Juliet Charlie for that magazine detonation uh, elimination, uh, India Yankee, for the fire extinguishing time, Julia Yankee Bissell 2 for the flooding recovery time, Indian Delta for the uh, enhanced heel, Sierra Mike for the enhanced, flight, uh, for the enhanced speed, Vamper Foxtrot for the enhanced consumable recharge, including your heels recharge, and uh, put a ramming flag on there just for fun. Uh, so yeah, also forgot to mention, it's going to have standard damage control party, standard repairs, and standard spotter plane. Um, that's all the consumables you get. I mean, you could opt out and go for a fighter, but that's only... That's only if you're communist, so I don't think any communists listen to here, so I don't think we'll have any problems with that. Uh, Yeah, so what does that change about your ship? Well, now your fires are only going to do 6,000 damage. Your floods will only do 7,000 damage. Your fires will burn for 30 seconds. Your floods will flood for 23.1 seconds. Your torpedo damage reduction is up to a pretty good 32%. Uh, You can see things that are shooting at you now. Your turret traverse is down to 39.47 seconds, which is about... um, about seven, you know, yeah, about eight seconds off of that. And then, um, yeah, and your damage control party only takes 76 seconds to recharge. It's 11 second extra time. Your same with your repair party, 76 second recharge, not 0.6% HP per second. Consumable action time is up from 28 to 30.8 po- seconds. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how you've modified it. And the speed is now up to 26.2 knots. So an extra 1.2 knots on there. So this speed flag's not mandatory here, but it's definitely useful. And uh, preventative maintenance has ensured that your modules have a le- 30% le- fewer chance uh, of getting incapacitated. And at 50% health, you can expect to have a 26.10 uh, second reload, which can give you a DPM or APDPM of 31,724. And if you go down to 25%, because we know you will, uh, you're going to expect around, I think, a 23 second reload? Uh, 24.65 second reload. So yeah, um, definitely solid build here. It it requires a certain, like, you know, standard uh, battleship build, but it... I mean, I guess it doesn't even really require the build. Yamato, or not Yamato, Nagato's pretty good out of the box. I mean, you don't really need too many things to go with it. Obviously, you can enhance it with many different things, but uh, if you were just grinding up the ship line and didn't want to spend the money to outfit it with uh, any upgrades or anything like that, uh, it could certainly perform decently well without that. Obviously, not as well if you actually ran upgrades on it, but Nagato's just a reliable ship. I've had a lot of fun in Nagato. uh got... Kraken and Nakato, which when I'm grinding up ships is kind of unusual because I don't usually um, uh, play them super often, um, or at least enough to get... Uh, a kraken in there, so that was nice. Uh, usually, when I go back to an episode, is when I go play it some more, and then that's when stuff like that happens. But in Nagato I got like straight out of the box. I think it was like my fourth battle or so, and that was a, that was really cool. Nagato's typical battleship play style as well. Um, it's just reliable. You basically there, there's two options. You can go out to the flank and support, sit behind the cap, kind of meander around there, or you can meander around mid, and that's pretty much how. I mean, I find it more useful to sit around sort of on the flank side of things, kind of meander around there, just trying not to get it super overextended. But I do see a lot of people being successful with Nagato just kind of sitting in the center and uh, trying to support both flanks. Uh, whichever flank has uh, maybe a ship that they're struggling with, it'll just kind of send a few shots over there, finish her off, and then go focus on the other flank, and then kind of flip-flop from there. I've seen some people do that really successfully. Uh, I don't do that personally. I personally just go over to a cap. And I've reiterated this many times in all my battleship reviews, but basically you just go over there, and if you're able to push, you push, and if you can't, don't. Uh, general recommendation as far as engagement range from Nagato, I would say outside of... 13 kilometers is probably where you want to keep them, um, uh, the concealment's not much of an issue for the, for the, why do I keep saying Yamato? I mean, I know I just got Yamato, but, like, it's just apparently on my brain, um, For the Nagato, so concealment's not really much of an issue because it is not very great and the armor's good enough that you can turn around uh, reasonably well as long as you're not under super concentrated fire, well concentrated fire in in general, uh, you should be able to turn around safely, the armor should absorb any odd shots that come in here or there. Uh, so you can safely stay outside of the range. Once you get inside of that range, however, uh, you do have to be careful with what you're engaging. Uh, it doesn't have as good of armor as the Amagi does. Uh, it doesn't have that weird turtleback armor arrangement. Although I think it does have a turtleback, it's just not as good as the Amagi's. Uh, so, brawling is not as good as Nagato, and Nagato is not as fast as Amagi, so, cannot get out of situations as quickly. So, if you do commit to brawling, you are committed. There is no way out of it unless you could find an island or something to hide behind. Uh, but it'll do it reasonably well, uh, not generally recommended, but like if you have a situation where it's just a 1v1, you're on more health, or you think you have an advantage on a certain person, uh, Nagato is certainly versatile enough to allow you to take that brawl, uh, generally working at mid-range is best for this ship, long range, you start to get that those guns kind of acting funny, uh, it would stay inside of probably about, 19 18 19 kilometers generally outside of the range it's not super effective uh like i said sweet spots between about 13 to 17 kilometers but you can push it out to 18 or 19 be fine once you get past 20 kilometers uh, or putting your spotter plane up and even past 21, 22 kilometers, then you're really pushing your luck as far as what you're gonna hit out there. And I generally don't recommend sitting at those ranges. So overall, go to flank, see if you can push. If push, do. If can't push, don't. <laughs> Basically, that that's that's a Nagato's playstyle. It's got a low skill floor and a mediocre skill ceiling. I mean, you can do a lot of fancy tricks with this ship, but uh, it is it is just a basic battleship. Teaches you basic battleship things. And it's pretty reliable. I mean, got no complaints about uh, Nagato. Definitely a fun ship to play. Definitely recommend the Japanese battleships lines, having played through all of them except for Izumo. I don't really have any complaints about them. The guns could be kind of wonky, I suppose. This could be registered as a complaint, but overall been fun ships to play uh, with anything except aircraft carriers because the aircraft carrier uh, AA defense on all these ships is absolutely abysmal. Um, So yeah, that is is my review of Nagato. It's uh, all reliable is what it is for me, and I'm sure it'll be that for you. So, uh, that's it for today, folks. Uh, If you have any requests or anything you want to ask me, please just email it to rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com or it's, uh, I think it's like Spotify for podcasters slash like rank amateur or something. Yeah, podcastersspotify.com. Something like, they changed the website again. And, you know, it looks way better now. It functions way better. It's definitely a good thing that they did. But, uh, yeah, a little harder to find my episodes now. Yeah, it is podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash rank dash amateur is the the website here. So if you've uh, got your little pen and paper out, just feel free to go write that down again and, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's my website now, so have fun with that, and, uh, feel free to contact me with any questions, uh, hopefully not concerns, but I'll listen to those too, uh, or requests for future ships. I am starting to get down to the, uh, to the last few ships on my roster that I'm going to be going over in the next few weeks, so, uh, requests will definitely be added on to that, and until next time, captains.